As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show we talk about everything you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. COVID-19, politics, Trump, Biden, film, TV, UFC, sex, drugs, rock and roll. This is No Holes Barred Radio, folks, and today we're going to enter a world that we've discussed, we've touched on, we touch on it weekly, but we're going to touch on it huge today. So first, let me ask TJ. TJ, you're good? You had a great week? Everything's good? I did. I'm excited about this show because this is yeah. the type of broadcast we've been talking about doing for, I want to say, at least five years, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this all stems from my love of collecting, my love of sports memorabilia, my love of collecting vintage movie memorabilia, guns and artifacts. We talk about it all on the show. I mean, you're a classic buff. You're collecting yourself at this point. (laughs) I do collect myself at times. We'll talk about that on the show too. But, you know, my brother Brian is the master at all this and uh, we want to have Brian on. But right now, I've been doing some very interesting things over the last month as this whole area of sports memorabilia collecting has exploded. I wanted to bring on an expert on the show that lives, eat, and breathes sports memorabilia, has seen the trends as they've gone up. I won't even say up and down, up and up. So let's bring on our special guest from Memory Lane Collectibles, a very fine site, a very fine company. He'll talk more about it and what he has to offer. But let's bring on the owner, the expert, the man that knows it all, that we're going to get a lot of advice from today. And I want to go back and forth with Dan Wolken. Dan, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show, man. We've been wanting to do this show for so long, really. My pleasure. No, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Dan. You know, um, sports memorabilia has been collected, you know, obviously since it began. I've been doing it now for 40 years. Uh, I remember, you know, going back, I started in the early 90s, going into the card shop like here in Westwood, California and uh, buying packs of cards and opening them like I did as a kid and uh, buying things like, you know, the um, NBA 1986, you know, FLIR packs. Oh, yes. And I would buy this for $20. The very first time I bought one, I opened it up and I I pulled out a, a Michael Jordan rookie card, you know, which is what this is right here, which is now the holy grail of modern day collecting rookie cards or whatever vintage rookie cards, however you want to look at it. And I sold that card for $1,100 about 11 years ago. And in a 10, what did it just sell for? A PSA grade of 10? PSA 10s have gone between $600,000 and $700,000. It's insane. It's insane. That's got to be hard to hear, Buff. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's great. What's hard to hear is that about 60 days ago, our company sold 
32 PSA 10 Jordan cards, including a PSA 10, a rookie, this, the rookie sticker, a second year, second year sticker. Uh, long story short, 60 days later, that and we ended up netting our, our buyer. He bought it for 250000 the whole group. We netted him $900,000. And that was only 60 days ago. I could have held on to that instead of making a crumb. And I could have, I could have made six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Unbelievable! You know, on the show today, we're going to give a number of these examples because I want people, as we've been trying to impress them, let let's just talk about this, okay? You know, you have cryptocurrency, which went. I bought at twenty five dollar, twenty five thousand a coin, and invested, you know, a certain amount of money in it, which just watched it go down to nine. Watched my money go down to less than half value, shooting yeah. up to fit. I sold it at twenty eight to take get my money out, make a little oh, bit of coin. Oh, no. Yeah, then it goes up to 55000 a coin. And yesterday it goes down to 45000 a coin, which a point I'm trying to make is completely volatile. It's a roller coaster. Okay. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, back me up on this as I'm looking at this. I paid last week 16100 for this card. You're going to find a, you're, you're going to go after a card for me today on the Internet that's being auctioned and hopefully get it for me to, for 14. So I can average both these cards down to like 15 each. Yeah, I've already seen this card selling eight in the last week for 19,000. Right. Because yes. you get great buys um, with this going up and everything else. You might say, well, wait, you could have bought that card for three thousand dollars last September. You're paying 16,000 for it now. The bubble's going to burst. Is Dan, it? I know, I know it can burst. I know how that thing go, or maybe sales can slow down. In 30 years, I have not seen on vintage cars and collectible, hard to find cars like this. I have not seen the bubble burst, Dan. And I'll give you, well, we're going to give many more examples on the show. How do you feel about the current status and the future? And why are we going through this right now? Is it because of the last dance documentary that came on? What is your take on that? You know, there's a lot of new money in the uh, in the industry right now. I mean, you've got Kevin Durant buying his own cards. You have hedge funds coming in. You've got uh, companies that are doing fractional sharing, you know, that are taking a card and selling shares of the card. But if you go back to the housing market crash, our industry really wasn't affected. Now we're in in the heart of a pandemic. Unfortunately, our industry has gone through the stratosphere, not has gone up, has exploded. Yeah. You know, it just like a volcano in, in the right direction. And I think there's still, you know, when it's interesting, because we have a lot of some clients that say, you know, we've offered cards to, and they'll say, you know, that's expensive. I can't wrap my head around paying that kind of money. Uh, perfect example, a PSA seven Ruth rookie that we offered him at a million one. Okay. A million one, that same card, probably three months later, is now on the market being offered for over 3 million. But the last one sold for 600,000. So for him to pay like what you just said, paying 3,000 for a Jordan and then paying 16,000, how can you wrap your head around it? Well, the majority of people are saying they can't wrap their head around it. So the people that are spending the 15, 16,000 will reap the rewards because I think this industry is still it still has a lot of room and it's got a lot like we usually say, hey, there's some new money coming in. There is massive Wall Street new money. There's yeah, right. incredible. Yeah. Maybe I'm dumb, guys, but like, honestly, it's a lot easier for me to wrap my head around a trading card, a collectible to go up the way that it does 
compared to shares of a company in stock like that. You got to be yeah. a financial guy, but I understand. Look, I have this, you know, rated grade 10 uh, rookie card of Michael Jordan. Of course, that's going to go up in money. There's only so many of those where when Apple announces shares and volume, I, I'm lost. I don't I don't get it. Well, here's the yeah. other thing. Here, tell, Dan, tell me if I'm wrong on this. Here's the other thing is that when you go on PSA, you can see how many of each of these cards have been graded. In other words, this Jordan that I have is an eight. OK, and there's only so many eights. There's like maybe 20 tens or whatever. And then you have cards that are not graded out there. So what I tell people on the show, and it's hard now because it's a huge waiting list. But when your card is graded, it's almost guaranteeing almost a, a 50 to 100 percent increase in the value that you can get for that. card. S sorry to interrupt you, Bruce, but how do you get them graded? Dan, why don't you answer that question for me? Please? Sure. Um, you know, uh, PSA is the card grading company. They're the Rolls Royce of the industry. You would go online to PSACard.com and it's PSACard.com. And they, that's where you'll submit. But just keep in mind that uh, the lower tier, they're not, they're so behind since the industry has been really amped up. They're so behind in getting cards graded. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing and a bad thing because, you know, you're going to wait a long time. But they have submission forms at the top right hand corner of their homepage where it says submit and you, would join their collectors club and a Jordan rookie like that, you're going to want to spend decent money to get it graded right away. So you might do a five day service. Their five day service right now is at about 40 days, 40 business days or 50 business days. You just do it because the more cards that come out that are graded, if you do the, the cheaper side, it might take a year to get that back. Well, do so you have to ship it to them, Dan? Like how did they get access to the yeah. card or can it be done, you know, in person? Yeah, you'll ship yeah. the card to them, you know, in a secured box. And they have their, it's like Fort Knox at PSA. They've got cameras for incoming. Mm. They have cameras everywhere. And, and that's where, you know, and they're, they're the, again, like I said before, they're the Rolls Royce to the industry. And they're who you, like Bruce said, you want to get them graded by PSA. You're not worried about shipping them through no. whatever UPS, FedEx, et cetera. Cause I mean, I understand it's not going to sit on a front porch of PSA. Right. But like, right. you know, yeah. I, I do worry every time I, cause from time to time I have to ship, you know, high end electronics. I mean, I buy yeah. that insurance and I haven't had a problem yet, but I, I still get worried every time. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, we run an auction house, you know, memory lane. And people send us stuff. And there are a couple of people that say, well, I'm not going to ship this autograph Michael Jordan basketball. It's worth five grand. You know, we have million dollar cards shipped to us. Right. You know, and we have a rider where we'll give our our uh, account number and stuff like that to cover it. But I you, I don't worry. I guess I guess when you worry, when, when you live in fear, you attract fear. Sure. Uh, <laughs> no question. No fear. Big cheers and no fears is what I always say. Dan, let's yeah. go through a little test here. You've got that. Uh, you got the ability to tell me within seconds what a card went for the last time was auctioned, correct? Yes, pre pretty much. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna, I'm going to give you a few things that I just bought, like in the last couple years. Okay, okay. and tell me what they're worth, and I'll t I'll tell you what I paid, and you tell me what they're worth. Okay. Okay. So right now, here's a 1961-62 Will Chamberlain Fleer basketball pack. Okay. That is beautiful. Thank that you. Is Beautiful. Wow. I, I bought two of these at $1,100 each. 
Now this is a 7.5. The other one's an eight. So let's go with the eight. What's what did the last one in an eight sell for 61, 62 Fleer, which could have Will Chamberlain's rookie card in it is, you know, I'd have to look at our inventory on that, but my guess is that has to be like seven to 10 X just on that pack, like yeah. seven to 10,000, you know, and you paid 1100 when I paid 1100 for that five years ago. Yeah. That, that you go find one. I mean, that it's a, that's a great, great pack. That's okay. and beautiful. <laughs> Here's another one. 1954 Bowman baseball PSA, or excuse me, uh, guy 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's a 10. That's, that's insane. That's probably also 54 Bowman, 54 Bowman baseball. So you're looking at like the Williams, the mantle. We just sold a mantle 8.5. And I think we have a nine in our auction. Now that's, that's also probably, you know, a seven to $10,000 pack. What'd you pay for that? Unbelievable. I bought that pack about four years ago and I paid $1,500 for it. Yeah. I was going to say like two grand. That's, yeah. and, and it's amazing because you can't unopen also has right. gone through the stratosphere, stratosphere as well. I mean, right. you're talking years ago, you could buy an eight, this, this right here, an 8081 tops basketball box that $1,100. You could have bought this like seven, eight years ago, 1136 packs. You're talking about 30 bucks a pack. One of these just recently sold for $100,000. Oh my God. Dan, 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 excuse me, Dan. Well, I, well, I, Oh no buffer. Would you, you unload a lot of them? I've talked about this on the show. I had that box. I bought it six years ago for 11. No, I bought it for $450. I sold it four years ago for $1,100. Unbelievable. But that's still a good return Think on investment, it. though. Obviously, I mean, take the end number out of it, Buffer. I understand. Don't do that to yourself. But take the end number out of it. It still was a good investment. You still. It was. A, right. Well, they always they always say when you make money, it's always a great investment. But that's what. Here's the thing, though, Dan. That box went for 50000 like a month ago. You're telling me it went for 100 right. last time? Yeah, yeah. This is where well, this, this is, is going. This is just fakaka. This is going crazy. I don't know fakaka. what that word means. What? 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 It's a, it's, a Yidd- it's a Yiddish word meaning covered in shite. Okay, got it. <laughs> this is the second year Jordan uh, box, which is very, which is believe it or not, this box is tougher than finding an eighty six, eighty seven Fleer box, even though the value is different. These are going to continue to fly through the roof. You could have got these boxes six months ago for fifteen thousand. These, in my opinion, these will approach 100K because 86 clear boxes, which were about 45,000 about six to eight months ago, are now trading at about 275,000. Right. So and I, am ha- I am happy to say, as I announced in the show last week, I bought that box, TJ, last week yep. for $65,000, which yeah, Dan is right. aware of. Um, and I really believe that by the end of the year, it's going to be a hundred thousand dollar box. It's already being hawked on the web now for 90 to 115. What's it going to be five years from now? That's, you know, the, the real question too. And I, I assume it's going to go up. I mean, it's the epitome of not, how could it not? It's the epitome of what you call a gold brick. Now, by the way, Dan, Steve Hart just sold one two days ago. Do you know what he got for it? I think he got 85,000. He posted one for 85,000. And I think he posted another now for about a hundred, but I'm telling you, people say, well, these, these prices won't, you know, they, they will not sustain. 
And I love the naysayers. Go ahead and say it's not going to sustain because yeah, they're exactly. not printing any more 87, 88 clear boxes. Go find their famous last words. You're not going to find a storage locker with a hundred thousand of these things just sitting around to lower the supply and demand. Yeah, I'll tell you. Let alone one. Let alone just one. Right. I mean, and then you have the third year. This box, all three of these boxes I'm showing you are in our next auction. But this box just went. You could have got this third year Jordan box for about. 3,500, I would say three, four months ago. Now this is a $15,000 box. That's and crazy. They're, they're Dan, not going down. Now, Dan, Dan helps me, TJ, on some transactions. And Dan, let's talk about a transaction right now. I want to get your opinion. There's sure. an 80, 88 box like that that's going to be auctioned off today or tomorrow. It's on the web right now. What's a good price to pay for it? And if you think 15,000 is good, will you try and buy it for me? Absolutely. We'll make sure to release this after that auction closes, Buff. Yeah. Right, right. I'm willing to pay up to 9500 <laughs> Right, right. No, but there, there is one of those boxes going off today, and I, if I could get it for fifteen, I think it's still a dynamite investment. Yeah. It is, because they're not printing more of this stuff. It's It looks new. It, it One just went for three grand. I got to be crazy to pay fifteen. It's not the case. Let the naysayers say that they're crazy for paying fifteen, and then we pay that, and then we reap the rewards. I have, I have a awesome. couple questions on these boxes, real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, okay, first, okay. first, uh, is it ever worth the gamble to open them? Obviously, they're selling for really high prices, but is there a possibility that opening the cards and, and getting them out and then reselling them individually is that ever worth the risk? You know, I don't think it's worth the risk. And I compare it to like getting Darth Vader in the original box. You don't want to open up the toy and play with it. Right. I, I think that with the vintage um, appearance of the boxes and the packs, and I'll tell you what, if, you know, it's it's big. Steve Hart, Bruce was mentioning that Steve Hart's the head authenticator for PSA when it comes to unopened material. If you were to buy a box, the best thing I would say is if you want to roll the dice, you open the box. I'm not saying the packs. Open mm. the box, take the packs out, get the packs graded. Right. Like Bruce was showing those 61 Fleer basketball. You get the packs graded and you'll elevate. You could, I mean, you get nines. It's tough to get a 10, but even if you get nines, you will elevate the value of that box because it's sealed. Right. It's sealed with Steve Hart's wrapper. And that's where, but opening up the cards, I've got a client that's opened up in the last month, 281 tops football boxes to try and get Montana, then 84 tops, uh, an 84 tops football to get Marino and Elway, 83 tops baseball to get Boggs, Gwynn, Sandberg. He hasn't done well. He's been pretty much crushed because mm. you don't know what you're going to. And if you get two Montana, sometimes they're off centered. So keep to answer your question in a roundabout way, keeping those boxes sealed or opening up and getting the packs graded, that's the way to go. Isn't there isn't there usually two or four of each card in a total box? Absolutely. There's yeah. in wax boxes, you got 36 packs at 15 cards a, a pack, 36 packs at 15 cards in each pack. So you have 540 in a cello, you have 600 cards, which would be 24 packs with 25 cards per pack. Gotcha. And, you know, I it was three weeks ago. Or Real whatever, quick, Bruce, I just want to ask ahead, one go, more question. It's a two-part question. Uh, the, the other question that I had about the unopened packs is, obviously, this is uh, a huge moneymaker for people. With yes. that comes nefarious people. Uh, you know, 
how yeah. easy is it for people to counterfeit this, especially if you're not opening it? Because really, all you need to do is make that box and then have a, a shrink wrapper. Good yes, question. I'm gonna reach. I'm gonna reach and and get some of these packs. A friend of mine, my friend Austin, just gave me these packs. They're raw. You're talking an 81 football. You have some older basketball. Good question. The biggest thing, if you're gonna buy a raw pack, to what top what tops did was they ended up putting rollers that like okay where the middle of the pack you'll see lots of dull wax right and the roller goes here and the roller goes there so as long as that's connected you're about 95% sure that when you're buying a raw pack that it's going to be good but if you see if you see like wax all over here mm-hmm. I'm telling you a great question people have been known to reseal, to open up, take the yep. star card without reseal. And then you're in trouble because you just bought a pack. How are you going to prove that you opened it up and got nothing? Yeah. You know? what, what, so, what if you bring something to PSA that looks suspicious? Like they won't even grade it, I would assume, right? Well, they'll, you have to submit it through their online submission form and then they'll determine whether it's been tampered with. So it wouldn't be authentic. It would be resealed, which is really unfortunate. Right. You know, fine. There were, there were some people back in the day that I won't mention names, but there were some people that were pulling those types of shenanigans and uh, it's unfortunate, you know, but that's why a lot of raw stuff that will get submitted to us for the auction. Sometimes it's, hey, but you're confident on the and highest that, end that this is, this is definitely able to be avoided. Oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. As long as you, and listen, there's no, no deal. You know, when a deal is too good to be true, err on the side of safety that it's too good to be true. Right. You just have to be careful. And, you know, if your readers want to, I mean, if your listeners, sorry, your listeners want to hit me up and say, hey, what do you think about this? I can give my opinion, you know, free opinions, free appraisal and and help people out, you know, because it's policing the hobby and it helps. It helps me. Yeah. Yeah, Check out Dan at Memory Lane, INC, MemoryLaneInc.com. Check out his site. Dan's right. Dan's always willing to help. It's it's part of the reason, like I share, we have passion for what we're doing and we love what we do. Dan, I got a business question for you. Okay. I I asked you, I'll share that with our audience too. Dan helps me, TJ, uh, for a couple of reasons and uh, very generous in his help and his time. So there's a Jordan 86, eight going out now. We were going to try to get for 14 grand today. Now, I just sent you on a text the 88 FLIR box, which will go off tomorrow. Uh, it's at 12.8 right now. Where would you put 14 or 15 Gs? Would you buy the box or would you buy the rookie card? I would buy both. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry right, to Dan, go inside I'm putting, your wallet. <laughs> Dan, I'm putting you on carte blanche. Will you try to get this NBA box for me? Absolutely. Also? Absolutely. And let me okay. show you. I, I owe you the best dinner. I owe you the best dinner in town. You know that nah, it's a pay totally. it forward. It's a pay it forward. But check this out. 80, 79, 80 tops wax box could have Gretzky's in it. Wow. This is wow. the 1979, 80 tops wax hockey box. Really, really cool. And you were Brian, uh, Brian, right? Yeah. You Brian were, did my, you were saying before, you know, about opening up packs. Some people open up packs to get high-end cards, but let me tell you, this one, the SP, the 93 SP baseball, a, a Jeter 10. I'm trying to buy a Jeter 9 now. I could have had one last week for 32000 Now the guy wants 42000 That a, a PSA, a 1993 SP 
Jeter upper deck nine is the card to get now, even if you have to pay probably 42,000 because a 10, if a 10 ever came up, it's a foil card of his rookie. If it ever came up in uh, in a 10, that card would be three quarters of a million dollars because it's made a foil. Oh man. It's so t- it, it, I, it just I, sold for, it, it just sold for 750, didn't it? Possibly. I, I read I read where the Jeter card sold for $750,000. You guys are Last getting week. me excited because I have a, a, a footlocker full of baseball cards from the 90s. And I know that most of them are not worth any money. Worth going through, but, CJ. It's worth going no, through. No, but that's my point. I've written them off. I I mean, I was collecting in 93. I don't know if I bought you know from that set, but I, I know I have uh, Derek Jeter cards. I don't know if they're foil per se, but I do know. I mean, I haven't opened this box in 20 years. Uh, yeah, I, I just wrote that stuff off, Dan, is, is largely uh, non-consequential because of, you know, I mean, everyone knows the story of the Griffey rookie cards, right? Like, yeah, everyone knows. Yeah. Like yeah. that, I just basically got so turned off by it that I just stopped. And maybe I do have some nuggets in there that are worth some money. Yeah, and Bruce, Bruce I'll tell you, we need to get you one of these boxes because these were about a month ago. They were about eight grand. Someone listed one on eBay for the wrong title. My friend just paid eighty-eight hundred, but they're going for about fourteen to fifteen thousand. And as that Jeter creeps up and up and up, and they're they're not grading anymore. The foil is so tough. That's a box that you're going to want to get and put away. All right, here we go. We got Dan on the line. Let's do this. Let's make a deal. Dan, I've got this Foot Locker. No idea what's in it. <laughs> okay. How much should Bruce buy it from me for? You know what? We could have an auction right now. I start the bidding at one hundred dollars. Bruce, there you go. <laughs> I, you know what? It's not the kind of bidding I like to do. <laughs> I like to know what I'm buying. Well, well, Bruce, how about this? How about this? I bring it over and we go through it together. That I would love to do. That's always Let's listen, do it. That's part of the fun. That's that part of the fun, fun of the whole thing. Yeah, it's fun. Hey, we're. I'll tell you, we're always going to be kids. This is the passion that keeps us ultra young. I mean, that's what is fun about it. Like you talk about people not being able to wrap their heads around it. Fine. I understand if you can't comprehend that kind of money, but the fact that you can sit down and still interact with these things opened or unopened, that was the reason that most of us did it when we were younger anyway. Yes. Yes. My brothers, I'll tell you, my grandfather, the way I got into it, like in a second, my grandfather owned a candy store in the Bronx because I grew up in upstate New York. And when he'd visit, he'd bring a box of cards for me and two and one for my my older brothers. And they love the gum. I love the cards. When my mom said, hey, make sure you're doing your homework. I said, OK, shut the door, brought out the 5000 count box. And I put all the cards in order 56 different times. And you're taught it was the best. Yeah. It was the best. Like who needed school when you can learn about the baseball card market at 12 years and, old. And you saying that, Dan, that I'm like very anal when it comes to organizing anything like uh, alphabetical order, yeah. media, things like that. I, I think yeah. that was bred into me because I was the kid that was opening up the complete set of baseball cards and then putting them either in order by, you know, the teams or by, you know, yeah. uh, yes. item yeah. number. Like I, I love that stuff to this day. It's, I, there's a Zen feeling to it yes 100%. especially when you put them on the spokes of your bike and you hear that zen feeling as you're riding down the street <laughs> right yeah right. exactly <laughs> hey dan uh i also got it i bought a box of 89 Fleer basketball with jordan's fourth year rookie in it yeah and i paid 1575 did i pay a good price for that yes you did and those are gonna those are undervalued right now because they're all the Fleer from their, those first four years even nine in the even the fifth year is starting to creep up. 
But all that stuff, there were such limited runs of that. And I'll tell you, with the 86, this is the reason why they're so scarce. When these boxes came out, they ended up going to Hallmark stores. They didn't sell. So in order to get for the owner of the Hallmark store to get their money back, they would take a black marker and put an X on it. And that's why you've seen boxes with X's. And then they send them back. They get their 10 bucks. What blows me away is that these are 12, the basketball were 12 box cases. You could have paid $120 for the case, put it in your garage. Let's say you forgot about it. That same case today is worth $4 million for a $120 uh, investment. 120 bucks without exaggeration, $120, now 275,000 a box. But if you, it's the the case is sealed, it's worth more. And that's the first deal I've heard that's on par with the Fertitas buying the UFC for $2 million and selling it for 4 billion plus. It's just a ratio, just the same. It's incredible. And, you know, again, one thing you want to state here, it's one thing to say something's worth $200,000. The fact of the matter is people are paying $200,000. Okay, these are gold bricks that are liquidable. Well, that was one thing I wanted to ask Dan about is he said uh, an item was undervalued. Is there a way to read trends? Like, I know that there are analysts that are day traders and they do all sorts of, you know, reading of of trends and and stocks. Can you do that in the collectible business? Here's here's how you're going to do it. And I'm going to give all this free information and people are going to make money on this. Follow auctions about a day before an auction closes. If something is extremely high, let's say in a 1959 Tops Bob Gibson rookie card in a 10, which is in an auction right now, Heritage, and that's going to close probably at 300000 So you follow suit to the PSA 9s, 8.5s, 8s, 7s, even a 6. I've been buying Reggie Jackson rookie cards because there's a 10 that's about to go off. I've been watching. You can either watch how cards are settling and what they're going for. And the reason I say a day before, not the day of, because then everybody's going to know that a record was hit. But if you go the day before and kind of gauge what you think it's going to go for, start getting the lower grade cards, or you start looking for the wax, the unopened boxes, because mm. the unopened boxes are going to start to you know, creep up as these new bars are set. And like Bruce said, gold bars. I mean, this is this is gold and it's an asset. And guess what? Bruce, you're performing a hundred times better than a stockbroker. I, I mean, it's amazing. If we we're in the bank, we're getting 0.001. Right. Stockbroker could make us four percent. Guess what? We're killing it. We're yeah. doing so much better than those guys. Hey, what has the it, modern market done as far as collectibles are concerned? Because obviously me, we're talking about vintage stuff, but are are the modern companies that are still producing things, uh, essentially producing product in mind with you know this market being well, as booming as it is? Let me touch on that real quick, Dan, before you do, is that uh, there's been many instances recently, like LeBron James Carter, which was like one of one that went for like, again, I could be wrong, 1.8 million, yeah. uh, you know, another couple of basketball players right now, um, Rob Kardashian, you know, uh, Kim Kardashian's brother, mm-hmm. he's been opening up cards. He just opened up a rare Honus Wagner card, right? That is told is supposed to be worth around $50,000. And he pulled the card out of a 2020 Topps Dynasty pack. They what? Said that he purchased for $750 from bullpen card shop, which is down the street from where I live here in LA. Oh, cool. Did, did they market that pack as having those vintage cards in it? And you can answer that. 
Well, it's there. These are inserts where you'll buy boxes. I mean, there are boxes that go for $20,000 a box where you get Uno card, you get one card and you're it's it's gambling, but you do get an asset. It's not Vegas gambling. It's right. gambling, getting an asset. But and if I'll you can spend that. the money, it goes back to what we were talking about. That's the fun of it. That's the joy of it. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll on, on that note. My friend FaceTimed me about three days ago. He's with his entire, his wife and five kids. Seven kids are on the table. They're passing packs and opening them up. And that joy is like a hundredfold versus the dollar. Like you said, if you can afford it, you know, then that's. I thought that was dead, Dan. Like that really actually warms my heart to know that that tradition is coming back. 100%. Hundred percent, and and it's and I'll tell you, there's so much new money coming in that for for Bruce to buy a an '86 Clear PSA eight Jordan for fifteen grand, whatever. There's that's it's still because the passion. It's like a reboot. It's like a yeah, right. Re- yeah. This pandemic has shown us a reboot and a recharge of life. You know, and it's for our, for our listeners listening we're talking about some very big dollar you know amounts and i'm not trying to overly impress anybody over this is what it takes to collect on well, this is business i mean it's business yeah, it's business the level that we're collecting and again it's just an amazing thing when you can put 15,000 into something which i feel will be worth at least twice that much a year from now i'm not going to get that return anywhere anywhere right, right? Yes. anywhere and when you can put it on ebay and sell it yourself you right it's like it's a whole new form of a collecting dan i have a few more things here i want to go over sure with you. Uh, grade at eight, the year I was born, 1957 unopened tops baseball. Man. 1857? They had cards 19, 19, uh, when you were born 19, in 18. 18 oh, no. Sorry, sorry, 1957. No, no, you, a, you said 19. I was just joking. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a guy graded. It's the second series. Yeah, they I call paid, that GAI. Yeah. yeah. And paid, that, it's interesting because that, for the, for the people that are seeing this, a nickel pack has five cards in it where a right. penny pack will have one card right. and uh, 57 tops nickel pack. That's insane. I paid like, $2,700 six years ago. I have no idea what it's worth right now. I know it did also go for, probably eight to 10,000. Yeah. It was 6,000. I think a year ago it went for 5,700. All right, Buffer, yeah. you better have a vault in your house. My goodness. You're showing I a have, lot of merchandise for record on thing. I only have so much in my house. I have of course. other places <laughs> very well protected. Like right. I always say, TJ, you'd be very, very wrong to try and come to this house. If you know, right. <laughs> unless you come with a footlocker of unknown collectibles and then yeah, right. that's different at a smile on your face. It's right. all good. And a There's COVID, a COVID, a COVID negative test. You got it. Fine. Right. There's the unknown comic, but now you're the unknown collector. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You're buried six feet deep somewhere. Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask, Dan. Obviously, you know, with more money, more interest, there's going to be more people getting involved in the space. You know, what what do you think about that? These I'm sure there are people that are making mistakes and and maybe getting taken advantage of. What would you uh, what would you give some of these, you know, first time collectors uh, as far as advice is concerned? You know, don't go overboard in paying these mid six figures for these cards that are signed with a piece of jersey in them. You know, I think it comes down to it first, buy what you love, buy what you're passionate about. It's just like buying, if you're buying art, buy because you love the image. That deep down, that's what you want to do. Buy because you love it. You love Michael Jordan. Right. And then, you know, start to figure out with the trends is, you know, what the, you know, follow auctions, follow auctions and see what things are going for. 
And then with that in mind, you can look on eBay for realized prices. And that kind of gives you a good gauge. I mean, things are going like erratically up and up and up. So you got, it's kind of like a day trading daily type thing right now, where it used to be something will go up in like six months or a year or two years. This stuff is daily. So I would say just keep your eye out on auctions and um, auctions on eBay, you know, and that kind of gives you a great barometer you know, but collect what you love. Right. I was just going to say that too, Dan, like when you think about it, like, obviously if you want to try to, you know, make money and and do that, you know, go all in. But if you are someone that is a hobbyist, don't go into it just because you want the money go into it because if, even if it does depreciate, it still makes you feel good that you have this, that it's something that you want. Bruce said something before, which is a good, uh, a good take on go to psacard.com, press the pop report, which now is free to the public. And you'll be able to tell how many cards are in a PSA 10, how many nines, how many eights, how many cards were graded overall from that year. So, I mean, that's, that's things have changed. It's no longer going to the local uh, magazine shop and getting a Beckett and going down the right. Right. Uh, Yeah. And Beckett was never really, I didn't really ever care for Beckett that much personally. I mean, it was a guideline, but Sure. I, yeah. I like I like to see on eBay or like you said, see what they actually sell for. But I'm just going to tell everybody right now, if you want to cut it short, if you want to play it safe, you need to deal with reputable dealers. You need to deal with somebody that's honest and knows what they're doing. Just go to memorylaneinc.com. Just to, to go to Dan's place. OK, communicate with Dan. He'll set you straight. His prices are great. I'm, 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 I'm pushing this, Dan, because you're great at what you do. Thank you. It would Thank not you. be on the show. A few more questions. OK, sure. Other areas outside of sports that I happen to like, and this is part of passion, I collected a few of my old TV show cards, like the Green Hornet. Okay. Uh, yeah. And th- these also have gone up. Now, I mean, as much as sports. I didn't even know that thing existed. Well. That's crazy. They're the Green Hornet. And here's one I'm sure you'll love, which is one of my faves, which is Lost in Space. Oh, man. This is a valuable pack. This that, is just, that just looks expensive. I mean, that looks yeah. so vintage. Yeah. I mean, how could it not be expensive? Vintage. Yeah. Now, there's another Holy Grail card out there. We're going to discuss this too, Dan. As you know, the UFC collectibles are taking off like crazy. In 2009, the very first uh, Topps UFC cards were issued, which I have a case, and I got two cases the second year. And here's my little Holy Grail card. I have about 12 Topps cards, but here's a graded eight Bruce Buffer signatory card. Nice. Right, are, you sure, are you sure Bruce Buffer signed that? Bruce Buffer signed it. Trust me. I know he did. Tops gave me a little coin to sign some cards. So trust me, I remember cashing the check. So yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could buy that off of you, Bruce. I don't know if you're reputable for that. But, but Dan, your opinion, you're in sports cards. You're a funny teacher. You're in sports cards and everything else. Okay. Tell the audience unsolicited for me, what's going on with UFC memorabilia right now? You know, UFC, I'll tell you in our industry, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, that type of stuff, we have buyers in Australia, Japan, China. When you talk about UFC, that is universe-wide. That is earth-wide. I mean, everywhere, you know, every country, you have people coming from all over the world that are fighters. And I think that that, that industry, that part of the industry is undervalued, absolutely undervalued. I mean, and you see as these guys come up the ranks and they have their first fight, second fight, you can kind of tell you know, with sign stuff or that there's still a lot of value and a lot of room to collect these types of items and things that weren't worth a lot years ago are just starting. That's the reason why they weren't worth a lot years ago. And now there's interest that is so peaked 
that I think is just a great, you know, it's a great buy if you if you love MMA, you know, UFC. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree too, because like I started collecting and created a collector market for the fight cards that I hold in my hand, as we've discussed before. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I gave you that idea, Buff. I'm pretty yeah, sure I was the one who gave you the idea. I don't know if I can say yes to that, but I'll uh, give you, you can. credit if you, you can. Did. You can. It was right after Sonnen and uh, Anderson, too. All right, cool. I'll take it because, you know, it, it proved very profitable. I was able to make some nice donations to charity and stuff like that. But my I mean, car is- I, let, let me say this. I gave you the idea by asking you to give me the cards, and you said, no, I'm going to sell those. And then you gave me cards from a different fight not too long down the road. Which are probably you still have a nice $1,000 plus set of cards. I do. I do. That's cool. But those cards, when I first sold them, they sold for like $500 a set, you know, and then a bigger show happened. That's so low value, too. Like, oh, my God. They're one of a kind. One of a kind. Then I got like two and three thousand. Then we sold them piecemeal and somebody paid $4,200 for the Chris Cyborg Amanda Nunes card. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's and it, and it fluctuates. It's just it's amazing. But I created a market for the cards. And you know what's great about those cards? You can also print something out from the fight and do kind of a photo match. Oh, to yeah. That car, add add more value, more, yeah. uh, you know, trust me, you can see Bruce's handwriting on these things. <laughs> they're, they're one of a kind. They're like pieces of art in themselves. Like, I don't know when he has the time to get the color crayons out, but you're you're using all sorts of different markers, Buff. I buy one of those signed by you, Bruce. If if you have one extra one, I don't care what fight it's from. Ooh, I would buy I've, one of those. I've, I've got a bunch. I've got like seven, Dan. Let's talk turkey. <laughs> I, I'd love it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, work, we'll work something out, Dan. You've been really good to me. We'll work something out. No problem. You know, it's funny because I have you talk about gold bricks or whatever. I mean, I I have cases of this stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I'll show you. A couple other cards that we have coming up in the auction, talking about gold bricks. Yeah, show us. Um, this is a, a mantle rookie Ooh. card in a Holy PSA crap. that'll that'll go for about one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand. Wow. wow! And then this is a, a holy grail in our industry. That's Babe Ruth's rookie card. Oh my god! I didn't even know there was a Babe Ruth rookie card. Yeah, look how thin, look how thin he is. But yeah, about a million dollars that'll most likely hit. And then wow. the last one, really cool. This is such a tough. It's a 33 Gaudi Rude. Gaudi, yeah. It's signed. It's signed by Rude. Signed. Oh my God, really? Wow. And these are few and far between. So that'll probably hit about 200 to a quarter mil. Wow. On that. And that market's so. never going to go up. There's never going to be a bunch of signed Babe Ruth crap from out of nowhere. Right. That It'll continue yeah. to rise. And it's it's all about supply and demand. And just to touch base on, on to touch on what you said before, Brian, um, vintage, like vintage is a lot of where it's at. A lot of the new stuff goes straight up and straight down. You know, you're talking Luka Doncic cards were $2,000, even though he's one of the greatest NBA players, that card went to 2000. And now I think they're settling around the base card from Panini is settling around twelve hundred dollars so these new guys like john moran and you know you have to be careful you know that you're not buying those at the peak and then you'll find out the pop report on psa that there are over fifteen thousand tens because that card is so hard that it's you know even if you throw it around Mm. it's not gonna you know the the material is so hard so that you kind of want to be careful back to what you were asking on what you're going to throw your money in if you think you have to do your due diligence and check out the pop report. And if things are, you know, 
at a peak. You just have to really do your homework. No, I agree. I personally, I'm not, I, I, I'm just all about vintage. You know, yeah. I'm sure 86 Fleer, the cars are talking about, might not be considered vintage. That's vintage. Is, is yeah. that considered vintage? Uh, I mean, it's that, old, I'm yeah. all, that I'm all about vintage. I'm all about vintage. Not all vintage, about vintage, but it's it's legitimate that you have a take on what is produced on that stuff as opposed to a company. And I'm not saying Panini is still printing 2018, 19, but we know that 86 Fleer, that there's X amount and they're, they're not printing anymore and they're tough as hell to find right gotcha gotcha yeah. what about the uh the big craze too now is the pokemon cards you oh, know there's uh steve aoki's into it logan paul's into it i mean two hundred thousand, one hundred thousand. i mean again not an area of collecting i'm that does anything for me because i'm not passionate about it do you touch on those things dan do you get into that stuff too not really but i have a friend uh, I'll, I'll tell you my friend david um is a is a an expert in that field. And I'm tempted to buy like a full base set in like PSA eights, just to, just to have it and put away and start learning about it. Cause we're an authorized dealer with PSA and people call and they want to submit cards through us. And believe it or not, 90% of the calls right now are I've got this Pokemon card, or I have this first issue from 1999 yeah. first edition. So I'm learning right now right. that the Japanese cards are worth a lot less. The American cards are worth a lot more. And you have shadow cards and I'm learning. Yeah. I, I decided I'll learn about it. About That's 30 same. about 30 years ago, I got into Magic the Gathering. I was a kid, you know, I was playing That's magic cards. Yeah. And uh some of those cards that I had that I mean, unfortunately, I just basically destroyed because I was playing the game and wasn't protecting those cards. They're worth tens of thousands of dollars at this point. And yeah. unfortunately, uh they're they're not yeah. in, in the best of shape. Yeah, magic is slowly like starting to trend up on that now. I you know what? Stick with the gold. Stick with the vintage, yeah. stick with the stuff yeah. that works, stick with the stuff that I've seen. And Brian, you know, who's a master at this, we've watched diligently for 30 plus years. Um, it's like I can say in real estate, I've watched every uh, recession we've had since I moved out here in 76 or 74 rather. And all I've ever seen real estate do is sure it suffers a little bit, then boom, if you have good real estate, it all gets more valuable. Yes, you know? 100%. And these are, it's been proven in Wall Street Journal many years ago, 20 years ago, wrote an article when we were in a recession and said that the strong bricks during the recession were numismatic coins and stamps, sports memorabilia, and vintage guns and artifacts, two of three of things which I collect. You know? Yeah. Well, let me tell yeah. you, living here in Southern California, Bruce, the only way I'm ever going to be able to buy real estate is if I make money on some of these collectibles. Well, right. had you had a box of, uh, of uh, 86 Fleer, you know. That's yeah. And I'll tell you, you have your house today. You know what? Also, when I was talking about passion and collecting like Bruce, you have you collect guns and artifacts, stuff like that. I actually do collect non-sports stuff. And maybe next time I can show you, I have a document signed twice by Al Capone. That, what? See, that that's I collect stuff like that to that would turn me on to own something like that. No yeah. question. There are only eight of those. And his he signed it twice. May Capone. And Teresa Capone, the mom and the wife, because he was buying, I think, a house for his mom. Eight of those exist. Wow. And to find an Al Capone autograph. And I actually like mafia stuff. Like I have yeah. canceled checks signed by Roy DeMeo, Joe Bonanno, um, Carlo Gambino, like a lot of that stuff. You know, when when mobsters back in the day needed money, I they would contact me knowing that I love that type of stuff. So I dealt with Henry Hill and Frank Collada, and you just 
that type of stuff. It's their stories, you know. But it, I'm sorry. I love this. I, I yeah. interrupted you. Finish your thought. Yeah. And I also have a check from the 1800s signed by Charles Dickens. How could you find a check? What? 160 years ago or whatever, 157 years ago. And it's signed by Charles Dickens. That is and unbelievable. With proper authentication, this stuff is yeah. worth so yeah, much. Encapsulated by PSA. You know, it's my, I'll mention a couple of things while we're talking about memory lane collectibles proper to your company name, but Steve McQueen was a good friend of mine in the last six years uh -huh. of his life. And Bruce Lee used to come over and train him right before he passed away. And on Steve's wall, which I've been wanting ever since I met him and I'm still trying to get it from his son, Chad, he, there's a document on the wall, which is a Jeet Kune Do graduation document signed by uh -huh. Bruce Lee to Steve McQueen. Uh -huh. Are you, you serious? Yeah. Can you imagine what that's worth? It's beautiful. I don't want to so say beautiful. what it's worth out loud because you still want it. So I'm not, <laughs> but no, he knows it, it, the McQueen memorabilia. They, they auctioned oh. off his motorcycles and a bunch of stuff after he died. I think they got 1.6 million. It'd be go probably go for 20, 30 million today. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you want to hear a small world. My client's father was Steve McQueen's agent. Oh, wow. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? Last name is Rappaport. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What a small world. That's very small from very Detroit. Small. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. This was so much fun. We got to do this again, guys. Honestly, Dan, I'd you got to come it. back on the show. Oh, we have it. to. We have Any, to. There's anytime. I'd love it. I, I'm honored to, you know, I'd love it. I'd love you, it. Let me give you another little, let me give you another little tidbit here. Sorry, TJ. Henry Hill. Henry Hill, for those of you who are listening, if you don't remember, if you ever saw the movie Goodfellows, the, the, uh, uh, Leota, the Roy, yeah, Ray Leota character, Ray's a, Ray's a buddy too. He's a funny guy. I, Ray was at a poker game with me one time, right? And one of my friends asked him, he goes, what's, the, what's your favorite line from a movie, right? And Ray Leota turns to me and goes, excuse me, TJ, fuck you! Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and my friend my, my friend goes like this, what, what, what did I say wrong? He goes, you asked me what my favorite line was. Right. I'm telling you what my favorite line was. <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, that's a good rendition of his voice. Yeah, well, he's got I, the I voice. I love Leota. I one love the finest, that guy. One of the finest character actors walking. But So he played Henry Hill in the movie, and when I lived in Marina Del Rey at the Venice Pier when I had my beach house, Henry Hill was homeless, living yeah. down at the at the pier. You know, I could see him every day. He would live under. This is the guy that was depicted in the movie. He wound up living homeless by the beach in Marina del Rey and, died, and died there, too. They found him dead down there, too. Yeah. Weird how, weird how life changes. Past. Yeah, full circle. You're right. You're yeah, right. It's, it's crazy. You know, Dan, I really want to thank you. This has been so oh. awesome. And we have to have you back on. the. As a matter of fact, we, we're going to keep a running report, as TJ knows, on these collectibles. I know these are expensive, and we're just going to keep telling you the everybody how they're going up and up and up i think Only we need to have pace. dan on like quarterly like honestly like you report stocks and things like that quarterly like we need I to do a collectible it. show quarterly i we'll love get, it we'll get you back on dan and dan again um the 88 clear box or the jordan <laughs> which one dan you're gonna we'll yes. get both <laughs> um you know i'll flip a coin but my coin has heads on both sides so if you pick heads, <laughs> yeah. you can get both. <laughs> i'll tell you what if you can get the jordan for the price that we discussed Yes. Great. If it doesn't go, let it go. Yeah. And, and then get, if you get the 88 for the price we discussed, we'll get it. Yeah. So the box, the FLIR box closes tomorrow. Yeah. It goes tomorrow. Right. Perfect. Perfect. So we'll go for the Jordan today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go to work. I got money. I got bills to pay. Jesus. Right. 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 <laughs>
All right. Sounds good, Dan. Dan, thank you so much again, everybody. Memory Lane INC, memorylaneinc.com. Dan Walken, I'm telling you, reputable, honest, which is very important in this business. You just don't buy this stuff from anybody, okay? You buy from reputable dealers. If you buy an eBay, you want that five-star seller rating. You don't want anybody that's got less than five stars or whatever it is. Yeah. And you got to be careful no matter where you go. You're right. TJ, TJ, you said earlier, yes, there is a lot of stuff going on and collecting If Things are worth sure. money. Somebody's going to find a way to sell something that shouldn't be sold. That's you know what, what human beings yeah, do, fraud. unfortunately, you know, so yep. yeah, TJ, you're right. It's you got to look for, look out for that fraud. Yep. You got to, well, here's, here's one little example where Dan goes, Dan, I had you go after a Michael Jordan card last night for me. Right. Yeah. I thought I was going to get it for like the 14 or 13 that we were discussing to average down the price. Right. Dan, to show you how great Dan is, TJ he calls me back. He says, I look closely at the card. There's a line through the lower left hand corner. Your card's graded in a high eight, like an eight point nine. This is a low eight. That's why it's not going for the price that it should. You know, he, he turned that, here and that analysis. It. That analysis is is pivotal when making yeah. these high end transactions. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah, can make a mistake uh, like this. You can make an easy mistake. Yep. You're right. And it would be annoying if you like, say you average down and you got that for 13 when you paid 16, you're like, oh, that's great. Now I'm in the boat for 14, five. Well, that one card that has that line, it's a low end eight. You might not get that, that kind of money on yep. the average. Just right. not all eights, nines or tens are created equal. Put it exactly. that way. Perfect Great way point. to put it. Great point. So everybody, I encourage you, check out memory memorylaneinc.com. Deal with reputable dealers. You can tell by Dan being on the show in this business, honest, reputable, and I'm putting my stamp of approval on it. I've dealt with him. He's thank fantastic. You. Dan, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Brian, Brian says hi. Brian says hi and sends his respect. Tell Brian I said hey. I will. I will. Thank All you, right, guys. Dan. Thanks, hey, Dan. Oh, Dan, what what's your what's your uh, social media? What, what is social media for you? Um, I'm on Instagram and, uh, it's pawn underscore stars, underscore pawn stars expert, uh, because I'm the, uh, the, the, the sports expert on the show. I know Dan. There you go. There you go. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, why does this guy look so familiar? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Pawn stars sports expert on Instagram and then I'm on Facebook and, uh, yeah. So people can check it out. That's awesome, Dan. That's great. Dan, send me a good picture of your mug. We've got to do a little promo for you. I need a picture. Text me a nice picture with memory lane in it or something awesome. for me. Awesome. I appreciate you guys so much. And I love talking about this stuff. It's our passion and it keeps us young. At, no question. No question. Dan, thanks a lot. Um, I'll cut you the 30,000 at some point <laughs> next month. You got it. <laughs> See you, Dan. <laughs> Take care. All right, Dan. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care. What an awesome interview, Buff. Like, that that was a lot of fun for me. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. It'll be more fun. We have our COVID expert. We've got our sports memorabilia expert, you know, along with Brian, too. But that was just, wow. Well, my That's my point is this, is obviously, you know, you, you're sensitive because you don't want to uh, alienate people about talking about money. I get that. But, like, the bottom line is this. On the outside looking in, I have no, quote, unquote, skin in the game with the transactions that you're talking about with Dan. But as someone who appreciates, you know, sports and, and sports memorabilia, it's just a fun topic to discuss. And honestly, in, in a time where our economy is – 
going crazy and going up and down, it's kind of cool to see something that I never honestly thought would be a stronger economic bet or gamble than uh, than trading cards. You know, it's, it's crazy to see that. Yeah, I'm with you, TJ. You know, and the thing is, again, I'll reemphasize the fact, Brian and I have been at this hard since the early 90s, and whether I continue to buy every year or not, I observed the collectible industry of sports memorabilia as well as guns and artifacts. And when I say the term gold brick, what I mean by gold brick, I cannot call stock a gold brick. I cannot call crypto a gold brick. It's too volatile. Uh, You'll make money on crypto, but it just depends on how patient you want to be. Patient where I'm buying at the right time and all that kind of stuff. But in this, the brick grows. It stays solid and you can sell it. The reason it's gold brick is because I can sell it. At any time, I have not failed to find a buyer for some of this stuff at any time. Let me tell you something that is a lot better about collectibles, like what we're talking about compared to crypto or stocks, per se. Uh, If you're going to hold on to something, how how good does that Bitcoin look on your shelf? It doesn't sit on your shelf. Where is it? I had I had about 10 of them. I don't know where they are. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they're they're nowhere because they're not. I mean, even a thing hardly. So the the fact that you can, you know, maybe you make an investment on something that you're not going to make as much money on it immediately like you thought you were. Well, it looks damn good on the shelf. It looks good on the shelf. And also, too, when you deal with crypto, uh, especially in a Bitcoin situation, the amount of money you got to put out to make money. These oh, days it's in crypto. insane. I mean, we all missed it. We all missed the uh, the opening. But then again, if we don't invest now, the big money it takes, we might miss an opening there. But I'm not right. into putting that much money into something that's so volatile. No, I mean, I'm not giving financial advice, but if you want to buy crypto, there's some other uh, options that, you know, you can get more money out of. Litecoin is decent. Um, that, Ethereum. But yeah, people Ethereum. have been making money out on that doggy coin. Um but I mean, I don't know. It's just too volatile. Like if you if you are someone who wants to make an investment and you have a lot of money, the last thing I want to put it in is to a virtual currency that uh, on any given day can go up by 20 percent or go down by 20 percent. Right. And I'm not people telling people not to buy it. I'm just saying I'm not an expert. Right. So I can't give it. I can't I give advice. It. I'm an expert in sports memorabilia to a, a large extent, as Brian is more so than me, as Dan is more so than both of us to a large extent. That's where my expertise lies. And so I'm, I'm sorry, it, it's just fun. It's fun, too. It's fun to talk about and, and, and show these collectibles. Like, I mean, I don't mind listening to someone who's an expert in I crypto. Have, but You think I ever get tired looking at these no, things? No, they're beautiful. They're I pieces of art. Of it. They're yeah. pe- I mean, like, that. that's really what it is. We haven't, we've touched on a, a little bit on, on the program, but, like, this is no different than really the art world and, and collecting art. Yes, it's not uh, traditional uh, canvas painting or things like that, but it they're pieces of art. They're, they're beautiful pieces and, and relics of history and time. Let's do one thing real quick. I showed these pieces, okay? Yeah. Help me out. 1,100. Okay. 1,500. Uh-huh. 2,000. Zero, 2,700 for the baseball. Shit. What? I've got 11, 15, 2,000. You tell me. I'll do the math, Buff. Okay. 11, 15, 2,000. And uh, let's just do that. 11, 15, and 2,000. Okay. Those three items. Okay. The one that was 2,000 is now worth eight. The one that was 15 is now worth, again, by him, let's call it seven. 
And the 61 that I paid 1100 for is, let's just be conservative, call it seven. Seven, seven, and eight. What was the amount of cost I gave you? Uh, 4600 Okay. So seven, seven, and eight comes to $22,000. Yeah. That's 4600 spent in the last, I'll call it five years, that is now worth, what did I just say? $24,000. That's And that, and probably more because I just gave conservative guesstimates. Yeah, that I mean, that's, where do you get that kind of appreciation? Where do you get that kind of appreciation? I mean, crypto, but you also might lose it all, which I did at one point and it came back. It's not right. my interest. No, not but that's interest. what I'm saying, too. And again, going back to what I'm saying is, is if you are forced to sit on something or want to sit on something, those things are great to have around the house. They're conversation starters. They're uh, pieces of, of art and decor. And uh, no, it's cool to see. Well, as soon as you stand there while I'm unlocking vaults and, and padlocks. Right, and, right, right, right. And, 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 you know, three foot deep safes. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, wait, even I'll if you just you take them out, you know, for yourself for an oh, afternoon, you know I what do. I mean? And, and that's what's what's really cool about it, because there, there's a reason like we were talking about at the beginning. There's a reason we all at one point. I mean, if you're a, a red blooded American male, for the most part, you collected yeah. something, uh, you know, even even young you know girls growing up collected things uh human beings are you know gatherers and collectors and hoarders and and you know it's always fun when you can find something that is your passion that actually ends up making you a ton of money absolutely save the original box i mean kristen's got the original barbie she just doesn't have the box but the original barbie she has is still worth like 10 grand or more you know as an example and you talk about passion these movie posters around my house that eventually whenever you get here you can appreciate i've seen that buff i have been to your house i just haven't been to your new house there's more though Gotta, gotta, gotta because you live ones. in a museum. I mean, that's <laughs> that's really what it is. But sometimes I'll take one off one wall, move it to the other wall, move the other over there, and I have a whole new house. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. <laughs> anyway, all kidding aside, enough of what, what I love. I'm just so passionate about all this stuff. TJ, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I hope our listeners really enjoyed it. We're a lifestyle show. We like to mix it up. I'll see you all from the Octagon coming Saturday. I will be back in the Octagon doing uh, what I love to do. I miss it. It's been two weeks. I got to get back and do my beloved Octagon work. Um, we've got uh, Rosenstruck and uh, Cyril Gane. Wow. Yeah, he's a newcomer. Gane is relatively yeah. new. This uh, this heavyweight division is going through uh, a transition process. There's this new uh, breed of fighter that's sort of coming in and, and taking over. But we also have some staples that are sticking around and, and showcasing their talents as well. Like what Derek Lewis did to Curtis Blades last weekend was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Congratulations, Derek. Unbelievable. What a fight. What an uppercut. That was just such a, a movie shot. And that was incredible. Buff, I'm telling you, on paper, Curtis Blades wins that fight. But this is why we fight him. You know what I mean? Derek Lewis showed, like, I don't care what paper says. He's number two. I'm number four. Well, I guess Derek Lewis is number two now. I, I agree. I agree. Well, it would be a fun uh, fun weekend here. Fun time in the Octagon. Matana De La Rosa, Myra Bueno Silva, uh, Nikita Krylov, Magomed Ankalev. Uh, there's some good fights. Angela Hill's back against Ashley Yoder. God, Angela fights a lot. She does. So, Former Invicted champ. Harris. Yeah, no, I, no, I love Angela. She's a, she's she's a fun person. She's really cool. Yeah, no, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'll see you this week with the Octagon. TJ, anything before we sign off? Um, this week I got to do something really neat, which was uh, watch UFC 30, which had its 20th anniversary yesterday. I watched it with Eve Edwards on Fight Pass. We had a running commentary and talked about how much uh, the UFC has changed. That was the first ever uh, Zufa show, obviously ran by uh, Lorenzo uh, Frank and, and Dana. Um, right. it, it's cool to see the 
uh, evolution in hindsight with the information that we know now about the UFC. And uh, strongly suggest people check that out. It's uh, archived on the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page. Uh, so even if you don't have uh, Fight Pass, you can actually go watch an entire event um, with with Eve Edwards and I and, and hear our commentary. It's the night that they crowned the first ever UFC 155-pound champion, which was uh, Jens Pulver. So uh, check that out. It's uh, on the Fight Pass Facebook or uh, Fight Pass proper. And then that's where you'll join me, Dean Thomas, and Pearl Gonzalez Saturday night, immediately following the Rosenstrike uh, Ghana match uh, on ESPN+. Yeah, and I encourage everybody to check out the show. I was on your show last Saturday with Pearl, and um, or was it the Saturday before? I forget, but I had a really good time. The show's getting a lot of eyeballs or earballs, whatever the term is. Both. And yeah, yeah, we're, you're getting getting we're doing well. Good for you. Good for you, TJ. I'm very happy to see how that's progressing, and it's a fun show. You do a great job. So, I will see you next week. I'll see you from the Octagon. We'll have uh, a guest next week, maybe Sammy. Um, Sammy's birthday is tomorrow, TJ. No kidding. Yeah, if you want to make a note, her she'll be 55 years old. Well, I'll send her uh, a message. And I know she doesn't have a problem with me saying that on the show. Sammy always talk, tells her age. I mean, <laughs> she uh, she, she's a, a young whatever age she will ever be. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Sammy's a person that doesn't get old. I promise you that. Absolutely. I can promise you that. No question. All right. See you off in the Octagon. I was so happy to talk an hour on another passion I love, aside from my passion for our beloved UFC and MMA. TJ, have a great week. Everybody out there, enjoy yourselves. Beautiful weather in California. I hope I hope you're experiencing the same. My heart goes out to everybody in Texas. All that you're going through right now, stay strong. I got every week we're getting punched in the face in this country in some place or another. But listen, I grew up in Texas. You could be a country within yourself. You got this, folks. All my heart, best wishes go out to you and to get through all this very safely, please. Uh, with that being said, everybody, set your goals, write them down, learn everything about them you can. So when you set on that path, you're the best you can be, whether you're first, second, or third, be the best you can be because then you're winning. And that's what we're all about at It's Time Radio. With that thought in mind, have a great week. Win, win, win. Buffer out. I got to go look at my cards. I got to go cuddle my cards. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> it's time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.